So here's the big question. How are entrepreneurs like us, who have been hustling and struggling to make it to success, who seem to make it one step forward, only to fall two steps back, who are dedicated, determined, and driven, how do we finally break through and win? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Brian Kelly, and this is the Mind Body Business Show. Hello, everyone, and welcome, welcome, welcome to the Mind Body Business Show. We just keep getting better and better guests as time goes on. I am so blessed to get to do what I do because of this next guest expert you are about to meet, and I cannot wait to bring him on for you to meet. His name is Corey Bergeron. He's an amazing, amazing individual who is an absolute expert in the field of video of all kinds, and we're going to go deep into that and have some fun, have some great stories. You don't want to miss a moment. Before I bring him on, real quick, the Mind Body Business Show. It is a show for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs, and I bring only only successful entrepreneurs to the stage to be here with me so that when they answer the questions and we have our discussion, they will bring value that you can simply take and model. And by that, I mean you simply copy. Just follow their footsteps. Do what they do. They've achieved success. All you need to do is mimic their actions, and that's called modeling. And that is why I love doing this show, because this is a show that is free. No one has to pay a nickel to watch this show. But the value, I could, you know, we could literally charge many thousands of dollars for every show. If you liken it to going to like a business seminar, you're going to get immense, immense value. I, I promise you. And I know I can promise that because we've done over 100 shows and each and every one has been absolutely value packed. So the Mind Body Business Show is really about what I call the three pillars of success. And I began studying only successful people over the past decade, a little over a decade. And I began wondering and got really curious, what is it that made someone more successful than myself or extremely successful? What is it that they did? What were their habits? What skills did they know? What did they do to get where they were? Some did it very young, others took longer, but what, what was the common denominator? And I found there were actually three of them. And yes, that's the name of the show, Mind, Body, and Business. Mind being each and every one of them had a very proven, powerful, and flexible mindset. And there's many ways you can go about developing that, but it does take development. That takes effort. And each and every successful person I personally met or studied had done that. And then there's body. Body is about taking care of literally your physical body by exercising on a regular basis and what you are intaking into your body as far as nutrition, whether it be food or liquid. And each and every a successful person that I studied that had that level of success that I desired to attain did just that. And then business, my favorite. Well, they're, they're all my favorite. Mindset, they're all my favorite. But business is so multi-multifaceted because it involves many skill sets like marketing, sales, team building, systematizing, leadership. The list goes on and on and on. And the thing is, one person, i.e. you, it would take you probably more than a lifetime to master every skill set necessary to not only build a successful business, but then to grow it and thrive it. The good news is you don't need to master all of them. There's one in there that I mentioned that if you master that one skill set, that will help you to leverage the rest. And that one is leadership. Once you've mastered the skill set of leadership, 
you can then delegate to those who have the skill sets you have not yet acquired or developed and thereby really scaling your, your business much faster. So we're going to have a lot of fun here tonight. Uh, speaking of fun, another great thing that very successful people do is they are voracious readers and readers of the right books. And with that, I want to very quickly go off into a segment I affectionately call Bookmarks. Bookmarks. Born to read. Bookmarks. Ready. Steady. Read. Bookmarks. Brought to you by ReachYourPeakLibrary.com. Yeah, there you see it. ReachYourPeakLibrary.com. Write that down. And on that note, real quick, stay with us. Don't go clicking away anytime during the show because that's the moment, I'll guarantee you, when Corey will give that one golden nugget that could have changed your life forever. Stay here on the show. Actually, Take out that old-fashioned piece of paper and writing instrument, pen or pencil, and take notes while you watch and or listen and stay with us mentally. Stay with us visually, audibly, because you want to really soak in what you're about to hear tonight. I kid you not. All right, reachyourpeaklibrary.com. What is that? That is a website I developed literally with you, the viewer, the listener, in mind because I did not read voraciously until my late 40s. I am now 50, I will be 56 end of this month. This is crazy. I am coming up on 56, and I've, so I've only been a voracious reader for about a decade. And I found that it has life-changing implications in a positive way. And so I began collecting all the books that I felt had, or that I knew had a profound effect on my life, both from a business standpoint and sometimes from a personal standpoint. And so I collected all these books and put them on one website so that you, the budding entrepreneur reaching for success or someone who's already reached a great level of success looking for that next great read, you can just come to this one-stop shop and grab a book. This is not a money-making website per se. They all go to Amazon, all these links. I may make a few pennies and it's probably literally pennies. I've never even looked. I'm absolutely honest. This is just here for you as a resource. If you see a book, and you want to go get it straight from Amazon, please do that. I just want to impart upon you the importance of reading and not just any book, but the right books. And for me, at least you have one successful person who has vetted a group of books rather than just throwing a dart at the Amazon screen and picking a book out of the blue, hoping that that one's going to have impact for you. So that is there for you, a resource, our gift again. And I hope that you take advantage of that. ReachYourPeakLibrary.com, write that down, stay with us because... It is time to bring on our special guest expert. Here we go. It's time for the guest expert spotlight. Savvy, skillful, professional, adept, trained, big league, qualified. And there he is, ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, Corey Bergeron. How are you doing tonight, my buddy from Florida? I'm doing very well, Brian. Thank you for having me. And you are in the most beautiful home there. I mean, that looks like a, a very large, expansive mansion out on the water. I mean, where are you actually located right now? Uh, I'm actually sitting on one of our studio sets in our video production studio. What you see behind me is a lifestyle set uh, that was built out for a video that we actually shot earlier today for another client. So I figured since everything was set up and the lights were there, I would just sit in the chair because it's, it's pretty. Man, I, I am so excited. I love this stuff. I eat this stuff up because, yeah, I, I have a, an affinity for video myself. Not nearly to the level you have, my friend. I don't come close, but that's why I love this. This is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, before I formally introduce you to our folks so they know who you are and, and a little bit more about now, 
now that I'm sure their curiosity has peaked, I wanted to remind everyone, anyone who stays on, everyone who stays on live to the end, will get a chance to win a five-night stay at a five-star luxury resort. Compliments of, you can see it if you're watching the video in the upper right-hand corner, the big insider secrets. My buddy Jason Nast and his company, uh, phenomenal people. They provide this vacation giveaway. Every single show, we give one away. So wow. I hope that's you. Exactly. And guess what? Pretty soon, you're going to be able to be free to move about the country. Yes. And out of the country. That'd be even better. Right. <laughs> so with that, let's bring on this amazing gentleman, Corey Bergeron. He's credited for grossing hundreds of millions of dollars in product sales on national television. He's a master of customer psychology and the buying decision. Oh, this is going to be good. Corey shares his knowledge as a best-selling author, highly pursued keynote speaker, elite business consultant, and TV host. He also leverages his more than 20 years of directing and producing experience for some of the world's biggest brands. I think we got everybody's attention by now. Because of his rare insight of both video production and product sales, Corey founded and is CEO of Pitch Media. We're going to talk about that tonight. A premium video production and digital marketing agency for lifestyle brands. His mission is helping propel the evolution of marketing video with unrivaled acumen to drive how the buying decision is made. Powerful sentence. You're also a good copywriter. That gives brands the fuel to elevate their profile, distinguish their identity, and dominate their industry. Bang. I love that. With that, here he is, once again, Corey Bergeron. Oh, my goodness. I love your set. I love your home. Wow, <laughs> thank you. It's, it's just a cozy little place. Um, goodness sakes. There is so much in that bio that I cannot wait to dig in to see exactly what it is you and your company do, what you provide, what your clientele are. We're going to get into that very soon. But what I like to do is, you know, now we see that you've, you're very well accomplished, very experienced and highly successful. Definitely all of it. What I like to do is first peel back the onion a little bit and get an idea of what's going on in that big, beautiful brain of yours. What got you to where you're at, number one, and what is getting you continually farther because getting there is one thing, but maintaining and then improving, that's yet a whole nother mountain to climb. So what is it for you, Corey? Every morning you wake up, you know there's going to be challenges. I mean, you own a great thriving business. You never have challenges, right? Just every day. day. (laughs) I'm a CEO, which means when everything has gone wrong and every level of management I have put in place has failed to solve the problem, it lands on my desk. So yeah, it, <laughs> that's the job. You're the end of the road. That's it. There's no place else to go. So right. what is it knowing that you're going to be facing that every single day? What is going on in that big, beautiful brain of yours when you wake up in the morning that motivates you to just keep going? Well, listen, I, I have a number of things that motivate me. And the easy answers to that question are about people outside of me. You know, my children, my wife, things like that. But if you're going to ask that question of me personally, what is it that I am gratified by every single day what gets me out of bed to serve just what's going on inside of me. It would be pursuit of personal freedom. That really is it for me. What we do here is create video and marketing messages for brands who are looking to inspire people to live healthier, more active lifestyles. That's what we're really passionate about. And we work with lots of different brands. Some people meet that criteria. Some don't. You know, you You shoot for your target, but you do business in your market, right? That's the idea. So we shoot for that target and we end up helping a lot of people. But that's really what excites me. So 
I've been a very avid backpacker most of my life. Uh, you know, I love strapping on a backpack and doing 100 miles through the mountains and never see another soul and just get into the, the wildest places in the world. And in that, I find a lot of personal freedom. Well, I love supporting brands that will also inspire that for other people. So when I get out of bed in the morning and I know that we're working with brands like that, I might as well be standing on that mountaintop. There's an enormous amount of personal freedom in that for me. Wow. And it's so authentically you, I can tell. I mean, the passion is oozing right now. And I mean that in such a great way. I love that. I love when someone has found what they love to do and can do it every single day and actually make a good living for themselves by doing that. And, you know, you know what they say, they say, do what you're passionate about and you'll never work a day in your life. Exactly. I love what I get to do. And I've gone for the last 30 days or so, 12 to 17 hours a day because I want to. And I love it. And yeah, I get tired, but I'm like tired and going, yeah, but I still want to do more. You know, my eyes are bloodshot. And my wife's like, you should go to bed. Yeah, I will. One more (laughs) thing. One more thing. One more. One more. (laughs) I tell you. Oh, we're getting uh, people coming in already. Thank you, Eddie. Lasarian, I hope I, Lasarian, that's a tough one. I'm sorry if I got that wrong. Check out these inspirational books. Oh, he's uh, giving us some references as well. Cool. For uh, another Amazon, those links are kind of funky. So I'm going to move to the next one. Hey, Prince Io, this is an amazing, amazing young man. Thanks for bringing great minds to your show every week. May you continue to prosper. And you as well, my friend, Prince Io, and Corey as well. Because uh, here's the thing, you know, I don't, no matter how successful one person is, if someone is doing something that's serving the, the people, they're serving people in a good way, like you are, Corey, because you just said what your passion was, then I want you to be extremely monumentally, profoundly wealthy. Because why? Then you can serve even more people mm-hmm. in the way that you're doing. I don't look at it like, oh, that rich son of a, you know what? That's a mindset for failure, if those of you that are out there that think that. Because if you're upset at somebody for making money, then how can you ever attain something you're upset about? That's think right. Something to think about. Yeah, so fantastic. And uh, we talked about books in the beginning, uh, or I did, I should say, and about being a voracious reader. What would you say of all the books you've read, say it's a business-related book, has inspired Mm -hmm. you the most to date? Wow. I have a lot of business books with some heavily dog-eared and underlined pages. But I would have to say one of the books that really stood head and shoulders above the rest for me and it's actually not a very big book, it was an easy read, is The Big Leap. Mm. I loved The Big Leap. The Big Leap talking about people having an upper limit problem where they actually can't break through that glass ceiling in their lives because they have a discomfort with too much success, whether it be financial success, success in relationships, success with your family. You know, there, people have lots of different definitions of success, but inevitably people will establish this glass ceiling in their lives And even if they manage to get past it for a short time, they'll sabotage themselves to get themselves down below it again, because that's where they're most comfortable. Whether they've been telling themselves a lie since they were born saying, I don't deserve to have that much money, or I don't deserve to have a successful relationship, you know, feelings of unworthiness and lots of other things like that. Uh, The big leap really calls you out and puts you into self-analysis mode so that you can take some inventory of your own feelings about yourself and your own feelings about your world and maybe start reprogramming some of those glass ceilings that are in your life, allowing you to break through them and have the success that you've always told yourself you wanted, but didn't know you were sabotaging it. So we just discovered why Corey is so successful when it comes to mindset. I'm not kidding. He just stated everything uh, that holds people back, most everything. 
you know, a lot of people fear failure. Some will fear uh, just the unknown. But for many, what you just said is usually the biggest fear that people have. And it's a, it's a hidden fear. They don't ever want to admit it. And that right. is success. Mm -hmm. And some don't even know it, right? And uh, I've been so fortunate to be able to uh, become certified in neuro-linguistic programming, NLP for short. And we, we hit that head on and help eradicate limiting fears. And we did just that. And it's an amazing thing that that is such a prevalent fear uh, oh, that yeah. people back. And it's, it's so unfortunate, isn't it, Corey? That it is. These people have this incredible, amazing uh, talent and experience and drive, yet they have that ceiling you were talking about holding them down. They can't break right. through. And you just want to reach out and give them a big old, um, like I said, I'm a hugger. I was telling you earlier in the beginning, give them a real big hug and just say, you got this and, and just wish, you know, blow that uh, fear of success out of them. And you can do that with NLP, but uh, it's amazing to go through those processes and help people because you just see the brilliance in them and you want it to shine for them more than they want it for themselves sometimes. Yeah, really the the veil that hangs in front of people's eyes often is just one that they don't recognize as being there. Uh, they think that they've got clarity and that they see their world with perfect vision. And at the end of the day, they don't realize that they're looking at through handicapped eyes that they didn't even know they had. So it's one of the cool things about that particular book. I think it does a really nice job peeling back the layers of the onion and saying, okay, here's what's really at the core. You might not have acknowledged it, but it's there. And if you'll spend time thinking about it, you'll discover that you actually have an upper limit problem as well, and you can get past it. So I like that book for that reason very much. Actually, I, I read three books at any given time. Oh. I have a business book that I'm reading. Wow. I have a, a personal improvement book that I'm reading. And I have a fiction book that I'm reading, but it's typically historical fiction because I really like history. Uh, I think that there's a lot of value to be had. So even though the stories are, are fictional, you know, as far as the characters, it's set in a time period or in a place in the world or something like that, where there's just a lot to be garnered from the author's understanding of the culture. Uh, I really enjoy that. So, you know, I've got three going at any given time. <laughs> I love that. And it gives you variety. You know, after a while, business can get dry. It depends on the book, though, and who wrote it. And uh, It is. And I, I also, I've discovered that there was a time that I told myself I wasn't going to read fiction because fiction took me outside of reality. And when you come back to reality, it can make reality gray a little bit. It can make it pale. Like it's, you know, reality can be not as exciting as it is in the book. And if you spend too much time in the book, then reality isn't as fun, right? And I want reality to be fun. But what I did discover is that as a creative, and in my business, we work in a highly creative industry. As a creative, my own imagination and my creativity is stimulated by reading other people's creative works. So I found that I was actually kind of, I was taking away some inspiration that I actually need a dose of on a regular basis just to keep my own imagination and creativity spooling at optimum. That's cool. It's kind of like a catalyst that adds juice to the, to the reality, right? Right. It just keeps Absolutely. it going. Yeah. Uh, Ken Wentworth, he's Mr. Biz. He came in a little earlier and said too many fall victim to this mindset. Now he was talking about when you said the veil, uh, when people have this veil in front of them, they can't even see it. Yes, so agree. Ken is an amazing guy. I love this guy. And uh, he loves the three-pronged reading approach. I find that very interesting myself. You're the first one I've ever had on the show to reveal that, that you read fiction, but you read it with a purpose. And I love I that. Do. I yeah. do. Um, I just listened to... Uh... I listen to my heart and I listen to my mind, you know, what, am, what do I need to consume today? What is, you know, what's calling to me? And then I'll pick up the next chapter of that book. So I can tell you right now, 
I have, um, let me see, I'm rereading one of my favorite books of all time. It's called How Green Was My Valley by Richard Llewellyn. Uh, it's a story of a guy who grew up in coal mining territory in Wales. Absolutely love that book. My father read it to me when I was a child. So um, I've got that one going. I'm reading the self-improvement book called Oneness. Amazing book. Absolutely amazing. I'm about three quarters of the way through that one. Uh, really opening your eyes to a lot of things you hadn't considered. And then the, the business book, I actually just wrapped a business book. I actually just wrapped Grant Cardone's uh, Be Obsessed or Be Average. Oh, yeah. And I'm actually shuffling through my library and looking for my next one right now. So not sure what the next one will be yet. I literally got obsessed with that book. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot, of, a lot of good stuff in there. I read every one of his books. I, I forget. There's 10 of them. There's a lot. Uh, there's even a little booklet. And I read them all. If he's come out with a new one in the last year or two, I, I missed it. But gosh, 10X started it for me. I was like, oh. my goodness. Powerful book. Yeah. So then I started working those you know, 12 to 17 hour days, but not because of that. It didn't hurt. You know, it says it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> but phenomenal, phenomenal. Oh, I was writing. Uh, so look, I was telling everyone on the show to take notes. And for those of you that are watching on video, you can see I am a product of the product. I'm not going to suggest you do anything I myself wouldn't do or don't do. So, uh, and I'm a producer, director, and part of the talent because the real talent's right here next to me. That's Corey right there. He's the talent. So it takes many skills to run and operate a business as I'm yep. open to the show talking about skill sets and all the various ones. Now, they don't have to be skill sets you personally have mastered, but where you are today, not looking back, but right now, at the stage you are in now, what would you say are several, let's say three of the top skill sets that you feel are necessary to continually maintain and improve your business? Hmm. So are we talking about, and I just want to make sure I'm interpreting the word skills accurately. Are we talking about a person's abilities or are we talking about a person's gifts, so to speak? I would go for a combination because I think they're equally as, they may not be equally as important in my, my humble opinion. We can talk about that in a minute, but. Okay. All right. Or both is fine this, with me. This is what I would say. I would say when it comes to a person's own, their own gifts, their own makeup, I would say that an entrepreneur needs to be eternally hungry to learn, needs to be an, a continual student. The second thing is that they need to have a strong, unshakable sense of belief in what they're doing so that they have the vision to follow through. They need to have the focus. And the last thing I would say is they need to be courageous. And, uh, you know, there's a difference between bravery and courage. A lot of people don't understand this, but I'll share with you briefly what I learned about it. So bravery is feeling no fear at all. It's just saying there's something that people call big and scary and I'm not scared at all. But courage is seeing what is fearful, feeling all of that fear and deciding to confront it anyway. That's courage. And an entrepreneur needs to have those three things. Now, if we're talking about just raw skills, I would say an entrepreneur needs to develop their financial savviness. Mm. You need to be financially savvy because at the end of the day, you cannot make smart decisions for your business unless you know how to interpret your books, how to find trends within those books, and then capitalize on those trends by scaling and developing your business based on what the money tells you. And there is an incredible book that actually breaks down how to do that very effectively. Something about the insanely successful business, it's not a heavy read, but it's just really tightly packed with great info. So financial savviness is important. And let me tell you, that's coming from a guy who, <laughs> let me tell you how bad I struggled in math, all right? <laughs> I was a communication guru, but when it came to doing math, 
oh God, that was not my thing. And still to this day, you know, I get the high level reports that I can read to make good financial decisions, but I have an entire team that takes care of lining up the digits and making sure everything's balanced and reconciled and all that. I don't get into that. I hire experts and then I get the high level reports that I can then break down. So, um, you know, like you said earlier, Brian, you don't hammer away at you capitalize on the things that you're really good at and you bring in really skilled teams to take care of the things that you're not really good at. So that's what I would do. So that's the first thing is finances. Second thing is I would say you need to, you need to be very, very strong in sales because selling is everything. Sales is the lifeblood of any business. If you can't sell, and by the way, belief, you know, belief is a big part of that because if you don't believe in what you're selling, then you'll never sell it to anybody. You need to sell yourself first, right? But then everything is sales after that. Every conversation you're having, every smile you give, every handshake, everything is sales. And you need to understand the mindset of the person you're talking to. And you need to understand how to cultivate those sales, which ultimately happens through relationship. That's number two. And number three, I would say is having a mind for infrastructure. Because if you can't systemize and process things in your business, then your business will only ever be as big as you are or as fast as you can personally move. You need to be able to scale. And unless you start a business that you are so passionate about that you see yourself doing it for the next 60 years of your life and passing it on to your children, which is usually not the case, uh, most people start a business to sell it, right? You get a bigger return on the investment of your own your own entrepreneurial journey than you do for most financial investments that you can make. I mean, you know, you can start a business and sell it for 2 million in a year or more if you really know what you're doing and you're in the right field. Well, you know, tell me who you can go out and get a $20,000 loan from and get a $2 million return on it within 12 months. There's not a whole lot of, not a whole lot of things you can do to give yourself that kind of return. Your business is, um, can give you that kind of return, but it takes vision and it takes infrastructure and systems and processes so you can scale quickly. Otherwise, it's, it's just you. And you will always end up being the bottleneck in your business. So I think those are the three things that are really, really important. Gosh, I mean, I hope everyone out there has writer's cramp by now. I know I, I almost do. I was trying to write as fast as I can to get all this down. Just absolute golden nugget after golden nugget. I don't even know where to begin, but... I mean, when you said sales and, and the word belief, that's the biggest thing. If you don't believe what you're selling, so many people will start like a home-based business, for instance, and they're in it just for the money, but they don't really believe in the concept of the product. And you can, it's kind of like a dog sensing fear. You can yeah. see that they don't believe oh, yeah. it and people sense it. They just do and they're not going to buy it. Your passion's not showing through. So it's going to be a, a tough road. When you start talking about scaling, systematizing, infrastructure, all that, my ears got even bigger because that is so true. Because most people start out as a solopreneur and then they quickly approach burnout because if their company starts growing, now they're handling everything, but now they're handling it on a scale. I mean, it's grown and yeah. it, there's no way. So yeah, have that in mind. I always tell folks to, even though you're just starting, put it in your mind now that you're going to get a team and you're going to do it quickly and soon and get in the habit of doing that and start uh, nurturing your leadership skills by doing that now wait, rather than waiting till later and realize I suck at leadership. This isn't going to work out. <laughs> so you want right. to start immediately. Uh, gosh, here we go. So and by talking- the way, let me mention this. When it comes to the entrepreneurial journey and understanding the difference between being a solopreneur or being a small business, a really great book for that 
is uh, the Quadrant. Do you know which one I'm talking about? Robert Kiyosaki. That's it. That's an awesome book for that. Another one, a great one, is the E-Myth. And Michael Gerber and I, we know each other. Uh, We attend the same business mastermind together. He's the author of the E-Myth and just really, really, really insightful. It'll bring you down to brass tacks and tell you, you know, hey, listen, let's take, let's do a little self-analysis here. Are you being an entrepreneur or are you not, right? That book does a nice job. Yeah, there was some point in the book, he said, if you have no systems in your business, then you have no business. Right. I remember the first time I read that, I didn't have systems yet. And it was Mm -hmm. like, wham, I'm like, wait a minute, what do you mean I don't have, you know, all that. And the other one was Built to Sell was another book when you said Mm. to sell it. Uh, I learned this from a mentor of mine. It was like, even if you're not going to sell your business, if you don't have that in your mind when you first start, it doesn't matter. If you build it as if you are going to sell it, you will step away and you won't be nurturing that little infant, that little baby that's yours. And nobody else knows how to run my business like I do. So you can't do any part of it. Mm -hmm. Instead, if you're building it to sell, you're stepping back much sooner and you're allowing others to operate the business as they should while you run the entire thing with, you know, you're the visionary, the CEO. And I just, that spoke volumes to me. Everything you've said is like, I hope people are taking notes. Again, this is the model for success. All you have to do is model this guy. That's it. Just model Corey. <laughs> Show's over. Done. That's it. I mean, it's really that it's simple, but it's not easy, right? People can, you just need to model someone. I always tell folks that there are many. So look, could I bake a cake? I've never done it in my life, but there are a lot of recipe books out there. Yeah, I'm pretty confident I could bake a really darn good cake given a good recipe. I know I can get certain ingredients with, of certain quality, put the, you know, mix them up per the instructions, just follow the instructions. That's it. Mix them up, put them in the oven, follow the instructions. How high do I turn the heat? When it comes out, I can make a pretty darn good cake. Never done it in my life. The same thing happens with success in business. All you need is a recipe. All you need is someone who has achieved great success that you could follow and model. And if they're willing to help you, Corey says he's involved in masterminds. I mean, did you catch that? Did you catch that? Corey is in a mastermind with uh, Michael Gerber, the author of The E-Myth Revisited. I mean, come on. He's doing everything that I've ever read or seen or heard of successful people, what they do. He's modeling success. That's what Corey's doing. That's how he got there. And that's how he continues to strive and, and grow. So I'm excited. I'm, I feel passionate right now. I hope it's coming through. I love what I get to do. And I'm so I love seeing you get all worked up, Ryan. This is great. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I got to figure out a way to work you up. Let's talk hiking. (laughs) Hiking. Oh, man. Now that's, see, if you get me talking about hiking, just be a really long monologue. (laughs) I love to hike. That's phenomenal. What I do want to talk more about is your specific business. Like particularly, I love everything to do with video. It just intrigues me to no end. You know, sitting there in your beautiful house, which if everyone, anyone just joined us later, that's watching on video. He's sitting in his own studio where he produces videos and he just did a shoot uh, recently where he's sitting right now and it's beautiful. It looks natural. I mean, obviously the guy's a pro. Who is it that you serve? Number one is like what type of client and what kind of services does your company provide that would help people move forward in whatever they're doing with you and your company? Sure. So we are a full service video production company and digital marketing agency. We have a large studio here just outside of Tampa, Florida. Uh, We do shoot in this studio as well as out on location. We have trucks that go out and teams that will shoot all around the Tampa Bay area here. And typically we produce video, everything from small little 15 to 20 second social media content videos right up to national television commercials. We spend most of our time these days simply because the demand is greatest in the digital marketing arena. 
You know, most brands are really looking to crack the digital marketing nut. They want brand awareness. They want customer conversions. They want to drive audience engagement. And that's what we're really, really good at. So a lot of the customer psychology knowledge that I have, buyer psychology knowledge, and a lot of that same knowledge that my team has, having come from a very strong and seasoned product sales background, we bring that all to the table when we're doing digital marketing, uh, which is the other side of my company other than video production. So rather than just doing video production and providing the content, we now give our customers a way to monetize that, take those same videos out online, get a return on that investment, and put some dollars back in the account. And that's exciting for us, being able to do both sides. It's really important too, because typically when you make video, you want to speak to the marketer so that you can align the message of your video with ultimately the marketing campaign. Well, there was a time in our company where we didn't offer marketing. All we did was video. Adding a marketing team to this company was part of us, you know, us scaling. It was part of our own history. So when we did that, we realize now that instead of going to our clients and saying, hey, we want to talk to your marketing team so we can understand their messaging and we can create video that aligns with their messaging, now we're doing both. We're creating the messaging, we're creating the marketing messages, we're creating the entire branding image, we're creating uh, the ads and the landing pages and everything else for the client. And at the same time, sitting in the same room during the same brainstorming sessions is our entire video production team talking to that marketing team and saying, how do we produce the most compelling content possible that's going to feed into those campaigns and appeal to those exact audiences? And that's what we do. We get both teams together to be able to create really solid, consistent brand messaging across the board with both the content we're producing on the video side and all of the marketing materials. So that is what we do. And um, like I said before, we shoot for our target. We do business in our market. So our target is lifestyle brands that typically encourage a healthy and active lifestyle. We're very passionate about people who are into eating well and moving their bodies and being adventurous. We love those types of brands, but at the same time, we also end up catering to other brands that kind of surround that because that is our market. And we just have a lot of value to offer um, brands that sell products and services online. Those brands are typically doing more than about a million and a half a year. We find that for our services, in order to uh, have a long-term relationship with those people, we want to make sure that they're able to, uh, they're at a point in their business where they can afford our services. And we can afford to bring them the kind of value that we have really built into our infrastructure. There's a certain scale of video production that we start at kind of as a minimum. There's a certain scale of marketing that we start at kind of as a minimum. And we've found that most of our clients are, are at about that million and a half and up mark uh, in order to be able to align with us and, and have that relationship really make sense. It's like, wow, that just adding that marketing component, as you were saying that, like, that's just genius. I don't know of many who do that. Now yeah. you're a one-stop shop, but the combine, my God, I mean, the combined video with marketing, proven marketing, the way you guys do it, to interview the client, to find out what they're, oh my goodness. Yeah, I mean, and let me, let me say this. Let me just chime in real quick here, Brian. Yeah. I'm the CEO of the company, sure, but I'm only as good as the people who advise me. So I seek out mentors. I seek out people who can really speak wisdom to me. And there's probably none more powerful. I know that you got to meet her before the show than my wife, Elizabeth. She is really the yin to my yang. And everything that is a blind spot in my life is something that is just wide open and visible to her. 
So I value, we've probably made more high value business decisions over coffee at 6.30 in the morning on the front porch of our house than I ever made in a business mastermind. Mm. Very, very powerful that way. So when I mentioned the entire digital marketing team, that was something that was specifically her idea and changed the entire conversation we have with our clients from that day forward. You know, a video production company is an expense, but a video production company with a marketing company is an investment. (laughs) Yes. Uh, It gives me goosebumps. I love this. This is amazing stuff. I mean it. I'm not kidding. Uh, This is peel back my sleeve so you can see them. They're real. They're bumps. Uh, Let's see. Oh, so Kimberly St. Peter said, drop by to say hi. I know her. She's an amazing young woman on the East Coast, as are you. She's north of you in the Massachusetts area. Eric Swanson came in. Cash flow quadrant. That was it. Cash flow quadrant. That's it. Thank you. Yes. (laughs) He's a great friend of his. He wrote, co-wrote Rich Dad, Poor Dad. That's that's awesome. Yes. Grab Exit Rich. Okay. He's he's uh, recommending another one. That's oh, good. I told you I'm looking for my next one. All right. There you go. Right on. All right. And yeah, he wants to connect with you. Eric Swanson says, got to run. Corey, give me a shout. Got some great intros for you. Speaker Eric Swanson. Awesome. Thank you, Eric. Yes. I've seen him all over social media. That's fantastic. So you've, you've shot a lot of video with a lot of clients, and we're not talking just people off the street. We're talking about established clients. You know, it could be celebrities. It could be influencers in different areas. So what would you say would be the, for you, like the most, the one that really uh, was the most intriguing celebrity or influencer that you shot that just stands out about above the rest and why? Oh, man. So... Let me see. I've worked with a lot. So I've worked with Natalie Cole. I've worked with Mariah Carey. I've worked with Paul Abdul. I've worked with uh, Mr. T. I've worked with Stan Lee. Uh, My business partner in this company, an equity partner of mine is Kevin Harrington from Shark Tank. So there's a lot of different people that I've come in contact with over the years and that I've worked with in one capacity or another. I would say the nicest celebrity I ever worked with, he was incredible, was hands down Mr. T. I love that guy. Man, he was awesome. You walked up to Mr. T and it was like you and him had known each other for half a lifetime and we're having a beer together. I mean, just an incredible guy. Really warm and inviting, wonderful. Probably the most intriguing conversation I'd had with a celebrity was Stan Lee. Hmm. Uh, Stan Lee, you know, the guy who is responsible for all the Marvel uh, movies. You know, he actually conceptualized all that. He made cameos in all the Marvel movies. He had, um, uh, I was working with him on the air at the Home Shopping Network. At the time, I was a director at the Home Shopping Network. This is before I went on the air and, and became the face of hundreds of products. I was working with Stan as a director, and I had a buddy of mine that collected Spider-Man stuff. And he had a room in his house that was dedicated to Spider-Man. I mean, Spider-Man lunchboxes and handlebars for bicycles and jackets and T-shirts and like everything everywhere. It was a, it was a museum of, of Spider-Man stuff. And when I knew that I'd be working with Stan Lee... I walked up to Stan Lee during a show and I handed him a piece of paper and it was writing on one side. And like, it was just, it was a lineup of products we were going to air that day. And I handed it to Stan and I said, Hey, my buddy's name is Chris Ball. Would you mind just signing it? And he grabbed that paper out of my hand. He pulled a Sharpie out of his pocket, popped the cap off. He's got the cap sticking out of the side of his mouth. As he's mumbling out of the other side of his mouth, he goes, what'd you say your friend's name was again? And he just starts going wild on this piece of paper. And I thought to myself, I can't see what he's doing. So I'm assuming this is a really elaborate signature, right? And he's going and going and going. 
And I told him, oh, my buddy's name is Chris. And he, oh, yeah, oh, that's great. How old's Chris? You know, is he a Spider-Man fan? Oh, yeah, he's a Spider-Man fan. So he's going on. He goes, hey, thanks a lot, Corey. You did a great job with my directing today. And he hands me a piece of paper that has a custom drawing of Spider-Man leaping off the side of a building, shooting webs out of his hands. And it says, you know, like, keep swinging, Chris Ball, you know, with Stan Lee at the bottom. I mean, it was an entirely done, like, illustration. And I asked him for a, I asked him for a signature. And Stanley just passed away uh, recently, but he lived in the same town that my family and I lived in for a long time. And I learned that at the community center where people could sign up for free art classes and stuff like that, he would pop in and just do off the cuff, unannounced mm. illustration lessons to all the, all the folks sitting around. And just because it was just in his heart, he just loved it. And he loved connecting with people. I love these kind of stories where you meet the true gems in life, you know, yeah. and Mr. T, Stan Lee. You know, and a lot of people are probably like going, Mr. T, nice. I mean, after you see his characters, right? Funny, because I'd heard that about him before, and you could see it in him, uh, and especially when you see him doing something else. He's a, a guest on a game show or whatever. He's just different. It's interesting because it just popped in my head because I just had on the show was three weeks ago, Les Brown. I oh, mean, yeah. The premier motivational speaker in the world. I met him like eight years ago in a hotel lobby after he was on stage as a guest speaker. You know that everybody and their brother approaches him and says hi and wants a piece of him, you know, some way, somehow. I'm always trying to be respectful. I went up and I just, I got to say hi. I want to get a picture with him. And he was the most kind and warm and unbelievably genuine person. I was just like, I love, it. it's just, you know, the same kind of reaction. I love yeah. this guy. And then I had him on the show. And of course, I'm talking to him like I did with you before we went live. And he's just, just this sweetheart. You know, I'm thinking, Oh, it's, I'm so happy that you came on. I was like, thank you for having me. You are the amazing one. I mean, it was always putting it on me. You know, like, I'm here to get answers from you, man, not the other way around. <laughs> and it was just so beautiful. He's a beautiful person. And I can imagine, uh, you know, I can visualize you uh, saying that when you said that with Mr. T. Yeah. That's a great story. Okay, we got it. We got to have another one. What's another juicy story or a good story that uh, <laughs> comes to mind that well, you, know, you were shooting somebody for your business, you know, <laughs> You're, get, you're creating video, you got a marketing team, you've done the work, and then you have these backstories that go with your work. And I can't imagine how amazing some of them must be. So uh, oh, what, man. what would another one be? I'll tell you. So one of the things that I learned, let's do an on-air story, okay? So I'm on national television, 96 million people watching. Woo. I'm in prime time. And this is, uh, this probably would have been about 10, 11 years ago. I'm selling the Nintendo Wii, all right? Now, at the time, the Wii was a huge deal. This is before Xbox, you know, the Xbox was released. And I did the North American launch for the Xbox Connect for Microsoft. Uh, I set all kinds of records with that one. Uh, we ran at $97,000 a minute in revenue on the air, which was, uh, it was a record uh, for television sales. Uh, I actually sold out of the Xbox early. We had nothing left to sell in that hour, and they ran into the green room and yanked Wolfgang Puck out of his chair when he was halfway through makeup, threw a microphone on him, and pushed him out on the air to sell cookware because we had no Xboxes left to sell. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so, that's awesome. Anyway, I'm selling the Nintendo Wii, and uh, it's about five minutes before we're about to go to air, and the backstage team is responsible for changing out the batteries in the remote control to make sure everything's ready to go when I walk out on the air. And I come walking out there and they got new batteries for the remote, but they couldn't get them into the remote properly, right? Because I was going to demonstrate how to play tennis with the Wii. And there's a little tennis racket that snaps onto the end of the Wii remote. 
So they're trying to get the batteries in without taking the tennis racket off. And you have to take the tennis racket off to get the batteries in. So I come out on set. They've been trying to swap the batteries. They can't get the batteries into the remote. I know what's wrong. So I walk out there and now we're, you know, I just got my microphone check. I'm getting ready to walk out on the air. The director is in my ear. He's up here and he's counting me down. He's like, Corey, we're going live in 60 seconds. Corey, you got 30 seconds. So (laughs) I'm watching them struggle with these batteries. And I realize, look, this has got to happen now or it's just not going to be ready. So I walk over and I say, here, I got it. Just give them to me. So they handed me the remote. I took the tennis racket off, slapped the batteries in, put the cover back on, snapped the tennis racket back on, thought, yes, everything's good to go. The director says, three, two, one, and I take my arm up and I start playing tennis. Now, my tennis demonstration, let me, let me be clear here. I love to play tennis, like in real life, not just on the Wii, okay? And I have a serve that is like unreturnable. I mean, when I hit it just right, oh man, it is fast, it is hard. It is right at the end of the box. I mean, people leap to try and get it. It's a really powerful serve. I spent a lot of time developing that serve. I'm no wimp when it comes to playing Wii tennis, right? My arm is doing all the same movements that I'm going to do out on the tennis court. I'm coming up like this and coming down about halfway through the broadcast. I turn to the camera and I say, and take a look. The Wii tracks all your motions and you just got a certain. And I brought my hand down. And the tennis racket attachment flew off the end of the remote and on national television smashed the TV set in front of me. The whole screen smashed, right? And then the tennis racket rebounds off the screen. It was flying back through the studio this way. The camera operator jumped up in the air. It went sliding under his feet and out into the hallway that was like, I don't know, must have been 60, 80 feet away. It was the hallway. And my show host starts laughing. Now she becomes completely useless, right? There's two people on the air. There's me and there's the show host. I'm the product expert. She's there to close the sale. She, she starts laughing. They have to bring her mic down. She walks over and she's leaning against the wall on the side of the set, shaking with laughter. And the director gets in my ear. He cuts away. He goes to, uh, to B-roll. So he's looking at support video of children playing the Wii in their home and stuff. That no one can see what's going on on the set. And I'm standing there with a smashed television set that's supposed to be my demonstration. There's still six minutes left to this presentation. So I look at the camera he's, and he says in my ear, Corey, I can't come back and show you with that TV there, right? So I look at him and I go like this. I move my body and he goes, oh, okay, I see what you're doing. Take a little step to your left. So I go like that. He goes, perfect, stand there. And he comes back to me and my body was covering up the smash in the TV behind me, right? All the cracks and everything are back here. And so I continued to sell the camera and sure enough, we sold the Wii out. <laughs> that was the end of it. But the next, I didn't realize how big a deal that was. 2.5 million hits overnight on the video that somebody posted on YouTube. Oh, Within yeah. 24 hours, somebody had made a music video of it, of me smashing the TV in slow motion to some techno song. And I didn't think it was a big deal until I learned it was on Keith Olbermann's top 10. It was the front page of Yahoo, the local radio station, the biggest radio station in the Tampa Bay area. The next morning I'm driving into work and they're talking on the radio and they're saying, has somebody seen this moron that smashed the TV on national television? They they can't be talking about me. And next thing you know, you hear my broadcast, you know, anyway. What I learned is this. (laughs) I learned is that when abysmal failure just comes out of nowhere, unanticipated, and smacks you across the face. The absolute best thing you can possibly do is be purely authentic, accept it for what it was, laugh it off, and realize 
that that won't matter at all an hour from now. (laughs) (laughs) Until it goes on YouTube. (laughs) Until it goes on YouTube. And then when you learn that you got 2.5 million hits that fast, you'll wonder why you didn't smash a TV long time ago. You know, Uh, why didn't you do that? uh, (laughs) I could have done that at the beginning of my career. It would have been a bigger career. (laughs) I think I would have done the same thing your co-host did because I just did it. I laughed my butt off. I'm crying over here. It's like I can just visualize the whole thing and just, you know, what do you do now? And you just got to keep going and, yeah, think on your feet. And what a great way to take what could have been a tragedy and turn it around. Yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of people could have just said fade to black. Let's go to the next. <laughs> but, you, are, uh, you are not defined by your most recent failure ever. Oh, yeah. So no. make sure, you know, I've had days when I drove home from being on the air and I realized that something had gone sideways and I didn't make those numbers. The numbers that I expected that I held myself to, I didn't make those numbers when I drove home that day and I felt very, very low and I just had to keep reminding myself, Corey, it's fine. It's fine because you're not defined by your failures. Your failures are learning experiences. You take the knowledge that they are there to give you, you move on, you capitalize on it. As a matter of fact, the most successful people in history I've read a number of books that said they actually sought to fail continually because it was through failure that they learned the most powerful lessons and they weren't defined by them. They were defined by their commitment and focus to moving forward, having learned from the failure itself. Yeah, I've heard it many times, fail fast, fail often, so you can learn and adjust and and you'll get to a greater level of success as a result of failing so many times so quickly. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just, oh my goodness can't be only three minutes left but you know what we're not in a studio we're not we don't have a commercial coming on there's a couple things uh if you don't mind staying a little bit after the hour because this is good stuff (laughs) i can't get over it it's amazing oh my goodness so there's a couple things uh want to also point out is one is how can folks get in touch with you the best way and to do that i'm gonna just basically pull up your uh website just for a moment and okay. have you uh, coach people through what the best way would be to connect with you should they be in that uh, genre that you're looking for of business to help them out with their video and marketing prowess? Sure. So right now you're at pitchmedia.com. And if you just click the contact us button up there on the top menu, uh, you'll see it'll pop right up with a little form fill. And uh, that immediately gets seen uh, by my executive assistant who will then you know line something up so I can speak to you. In some cases, uh, I get to see it directly. So just make sure that uh, you fill that out thoroughly and you can get in touch with me that way. Uh, the, you, you can also go to CoreyBergeron.com if you'd like. You can read a little bit more about me and there is a way to get in touch with me there as well. On that note, I understand that the well-read one is also a author. Yes. Yes. So if you wouldn't mind, let's just do a quick plug for your book because uh, I think what you have in your brain needs to be in many other people's brains and their eyes and their hearts uh, to help them succeed. And whatever it is you've written, I'm sure is gold. So uh, let's uh, highlight that for a moment, if you don't mind. Sure. Absolutely. So uh, my book is called Thousands Per Minute, The Art of Pitching Products on Camera. And it's really, I, I love to tell stories. So the book is written in an easily consumable fashion. Every single chapter is just laden with the kind of stories that I just told you here about the we. As a matter of fact, I think the we story might be in there. Uh, If you get the book, specifically look for the chapter on the product called the crevice stopper. And I won't go any further with that. Okay, I'm just going to leave that out there. All right. Anyway, lots of great stories in that book about being on television and all kinds of stuff being, you know, behind the scenes, that kind of thing. But each chapter is really wrapped around the core of what I understand about customer psychology. 
uh, you have to remember that I was a director for 10 years, sitting there watching the incoming call volume in retail television and learning as the person who ultimately chose every camera, every piece of audio, everything that the viewer saw across the country. I had to watch incoming calls, who was buying, who was not, how many dollars per minute we were making, who had it in their shopping cart. And I had to program a show second to second that would maximize the satellite time based upon all that data. Then I became the guy that went around the other side of the camera and became one of the only people in history to go from production behind the camera to talent in front of it. And I've been the face of about 350 different products on national television at this point. All, and I was the guy scripting the demonstrations, scripting the pitches, learning what people wow. needed to see and hear and ultimately feel to commit to a buying decision in a short period of time. And I put all that knowledge into that book. So there's a lot there. Oh, I am definitely picking that bad boy up. Oh my goodness, that sounds, sounds amazing because you are. And the fact that you took that and transitioned to in front of the camera, you had what no one else had. And that was all that back-end experience and knowledge of why that person in front of the camera is saying what they're saying at that moment. Right. I mean, I'm like preaching to the people watching and listening. It's like, you see everything that Corey put into his craft, and then he took it to the next level and took what he learned and pulled it with him to crush it in front of the camera. Now, be for everyone to ask themselves, how could they do something like that in what they're working on? You know, become an expert at what you do, and then what can you do to leverage that expertise and go forward and even farther? Fantastic. Oh, my goodness. All right. Uh, there's one final question I like to ask every guest before we close the show. And don't go anywhere for those of you watching live. There is one final question I like to ask, and it can be uh, deep for some people. And it is very personal. It is a very personal question. And I love asking it because the responses have been just really intriguing. And uh, some guests take a little while and they think about it and it takes them a few moments. That's okay. And also, if it comes to you instantly, that's okay as well. But before we dump into that, I promised everyone that they could win a five-night stay at a five-star luxury resort. Compliments of my pals at The Big Insider Secrets. I'm going to put it up on screen and say it out loud so you know exactly how to enter. You now have my permission and Corey's permission to take your gaze away from the screen for just a moment if you're not already on a phone and pull out your phone, bring up your texting app. And what you want to do is where you're going to say who you're going to text instead of typing in a person's name, type in the phone number of 314-665-1767. And then down in the area where you would type in your message, just type the words peak, that's P-E-A-K, with a hyphen or a dash if you prefer, and the word vacation right behind that, no spaces. So peak dash vacation, go ahead and do that right now. You'll be entered to win a random drawing for a five-night stay in a five-star luxury resort compliments of the big insider secrets jason nastin company do that right now because we are coming back to the man the myth the legend Corey bergeron with the question of the night and so here's the thing Corey. there's a little bit of build up it was on purpose here's the thing with this question there is no such thing as a wrong answer it doesn't exist it's impossible and in fact just the opposite is the case the only correct answer is your answer that's the personal part of it so now that there's absolutely no pressure whatsoever and your curiosity can't just be at the absolute peak that it's ever been, are you ready? I'm ready. Hit me. All right. I knew it. Here we go. Corey Bergeron, how do you define success? Hmm. I would say success to me is a complete realization of personal freedom and utter harmony 
with the people around me and the world around me. And I think in those things, every other definition of success just kind of falls in line. You don't need to overthink this type of success or that type of success. It's almost like asking the genie lamp, wishing for more wishes. <laughs> if you have those two things, every other definition of success is at your fingertips. So that would be my answer. Wow. And true to form, you know, again, no two people have answered that the same way. I've interviewed over 100 successful entrepreneurs. That's why I asked that question. I began noticing, hey, no one's answering that the same way. It's so personal and so powerful. And I'll be coming back to you later asking your permission to put that into a collaborative book of all those who had answered that same question and just call it, how do you define success? And yeah. uh, compile that and, and share it with the world because here's the thing, success is very personal. It's very subjective because what it meant to you and I when we were in our 20s is nothing close to what it means to us now, right? right. And right. It, ever changing, ever evolving, that's why I find it so fascinating to see and hear what people like Corey Bergeron think right now, you know, how does he define success? People like Les Brown, people like Tom Antion, people like Dr. Ruben West. I mean, it's amazing. And I am so blessed to be able to have people like you on the show to share your brilliance with, not with me, with everyone else who's watching and listening. So I want to just take a moment and say how much I appreciate you, Corey, for coming on uh, and spending your time with not just myself, but everyone who's watching and listening. Thank you to your wonderful wife who is helping in the wings. We appreciate her as well. Elizabeth, appreciate Right you. there, like, yes, away from me. You could call her. There she is. She's saying hi. <laughs> I was going to say she's your right-hand woman, and there was her right hand. That was perfect. Perfect. With me, with me always. I love that. And I love a success story when it comes to the wonderful world of marriage. My wife and I, high school sweethearts, still going strong and just love it. Love everything about it. Love you, man. I appreciate you. Thank uh, you. If we could part with one final word of wisdom from you that you could just put on to anyone who might be struggling, looking for how do I finally break through and actually get that moment of, gee, I finally did something where I feel successful. If there was one bit of advice you could give them along those lines, what might that be? Let me say, and I'm going to rewind back to something that's probably already been said, but it's, it really is at the core of everything. You must be believe you must believe beyond a shadow of a doubt what you are capable of and in what you are doing and if for some reason there's a lack of belief there you need to look very deeply as to why that exists and figure out can you believe in yourself and what you're doing and if your answer is no to that then you need to find something else that you should be doing because belief is at the core of everything you can't sell something you don't believe in you can't build something you don't believe in you can't have success, when you can't see that success, you must believe. So that would be at the beginning of everything before you even think about putting a single dime into building anything mm. that would be at the core. Yeah, my, my wife, uh, Elizabeth, just uh, another awesome, awesome book. Start with why. Mm, yes. Incredible yes. book. Figure out what your why is and then build around that. Yeah. I couldn't agree uh, more. My why it turned out I've gone through a process to determine what it is three different times, expecting I might get three different answers. Each time it came up for me, it was my wife. And that's what I will crawl over broken glass for miles for, you know, extended happiness and time together. So everyone's is different. Some may be their spouse as well. But uh, yeah, it's important to have that because when times get tough and gosh, do they ever get tough? Yeah, a lot. Yes. Down on it. 
Exactly. The journey worth taking is never the one that's easy. Yes. But boy, is it rewarding. It is. Corey, thank you once again, my friend. I so appreciate you. And uh, that's our show for tonight, everybody. Uh, On behalf of this amazing young man, Corey Bergeron, I am Brian Kelly, the host of the Mind Body Business Show. And we will see you all again next week. Until then, so long and be blessed for now. See you later, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to the Mind Body Business Show podcast at www.themindbodybusinessshow.com. My name is Brian Kelly.